The Columbia Workshop, radio's foremost laboratory of writing and production techniques, presents the second and concluding part of a two-part adaptation of the great American classic of the sea, Moby Dick, by Herman Melville. Ernest Canoy adapted the novel for the Columbia Workshop, and the special musical score was composed by Norman Lockwood and is conducted by Frederick Steiner. The program is directed by Howard G. Barnes. Captain Ahab drives the whaling ship Pequod forward, ever forward, weary month after weary month, in mad pursuit of the fabulous white whale, Moby Dick. The officers and crew grumble and dream of home, but cannot bend the single purpose of the revenge-obsessed tyrant. Captain Ahab walks the decks of the Pequod with an ivory stump, where Moby Dick took off his leg when last they met. The tale is told by Ishmael. Gaunt Ahab pacing the tilting quarter deck, his slim white ivory leg pounding an eternal thumping rhythm, searching, hunting the enemy that robbed him of his leg. Across the storm tossed ocean, round the horn through the Indian seas, and out upon the broad Pacific. Close on the foam thrashed wake of Moby Dick, the monstrous white whale. To Ahab's unhinged fire, the focus and embodiment of infinite malignant evil. Just as the unsetting polar star, so Ahab's purpose gleamed down on the constant midnight of the ship's gloomy crew. In this foreshadowing interval, all humor vanished. Starbuck the mate smiled no more, and stubbed the second officer still his cheerful song. Like machines, they dumbly moved on deck, ever conscious that the old man's desperate eye was on them. Sir, we must send down the main topsail yard. Strike sail, Mr. Stabber. I sir, the lee lift is half stranded. Shall I strike it, sir? Strike nothing. I should. If I had skysail poles, I'd sway them up now and carry double canvas. They're on his trail, Starbuck. We close hourly on Moby Dick. Double canvas in a gale, sir. His madness, Captain. Aye, Starbuck, mad, demoniac. Thou dost abhor thy captain's hunt. But Starbuck's body and Starbuck's will are Ahab. My magnet at thy brain draws off rebellion. Insane old man, beware thyself. Hockey, Starbuck. We strike no sail nor shorten canvas. Nay, not if the typhoon sweeps away the mast. Until the masthead cries out for Moby Dick. Until he spouts black blood. And in this hand, I clutch his evil heart. And when the seas had calmed again in the summer cool weather of these latitudes, the open sun-beat deck invited Perth, the blacksmith. And he rigged his forge, lashed tight to ring bolts in the deck. Surrounded by an eager circle, all waiting to be served, he mended boat spades, pike heads, harpoons, and lances. (laughs) 
works in a shower of darting sparks that sprayed round him in thick, hovering flight. father was the keeper of the Eddystone light. He married a mermaid one fine night. Out of this union there came three. The two was fishes, the other was me. Are they thy mother Kelly's chickens flying in thy wake? The sparks, sir? Look here. They burn the deck. But thou, thou livest among them without a scorch. Because I am scorched all over, Captain. Not easily canst thou scorch a star. What wast thou making there? Well, the old pikehead, sir. There were seams and dents in it. And canst thou make it all smooth again, blacksmith? After such hard usage as it had? I think so, sir. Thou canst smooth seams and dents... No matter how hard the metal? Aye, sir. All seams and dents but one. Look ye here, then. Here. Can ye smooth out the wrinkled seam of madness in my brow? If thou couldst, blacksmith, gladden up would I lay my head upon the anvil and feel thy heaviest hammer between my eyes. Answer. Canst thou smooth this seam? Nay, sir. That is the one dent insensible of blacksmith's hammer. Aye, man. It is unsmoothable. For though thou seest it here in my flesh, it has worked down into the bone of my skull. But no more of pikes and gaps today. Look you here, blacksmith. Steel. Gathered nail stubs of shoes of racing horses. Aye, Captain Ahab. Thou hast there the best and stubbornest stuff we work. Aye, sir. And thou must forge me a harpoon. A thousand yokes of fiends could not part. A blade that'll stick in a whale like his own pin bone. Forge me that blade, and it'll drink the blood of Moby Dick. Through the tropic afternoon, the blacksmith heated and hammered the stubborn steel. And while he had peace beside the forge and fixed the blade with greedy eyes, then... As the sun sank down beyond the yard, the blacksmith laid... ...but for the tempering, will you shove the water cask near? No, no, no water. I want it of the true death temper. Ahoy there! I say go, I go, quick, quick. What say you, you pagan harpooners? Hey, Captain. Will you give me as much blood as will cover this bar? Blood? Blood? Aye, aye. Blood. For a true temper. For a blade as sharp as the needle sleet of the icy sea. Aye, Captain, I'm willing. All right, Captain. Your arms, then. And careful with the knife. Ostego. Dago. Quick, quick. (coughs) Now then, put ye your arms over this hot blade and turn them. There. Tempered in blood, ye harpoon. Baptized in the name of the devil. Moby Dick, I hold thy death, and now I'll drink thy heart's blood and see thee roll. Then Down swept the Pequod on the line, the cruising ground across the equator, blowing for whales, rocking in the tiny boats on the slow, heaving swells. Warm 
warmest climes but nurse the cruelest fangs. Skies the most effulgent, but basket the deadliest thunders. And from out that cloudless sky burst the direst of all storms, the typhoon. By evening, the Pequod, torn of a canvas and bare poles, struggled as sky and sea roared. The disabled mass fluttering with the rags of canvas left by the first fury of the tempest. But I am no brave man. I'm a coward, Mr. Starbuck. I sing to keep my spirits out. Silence! There's no way to stop my singing in the world but to cut my throat. And then can the one I'll sing you the doxology for the wind-up. In that dark with the Pacific ran down my throat. Look, here the gale comes full against the course we steer for Moby Dick. There in the lightning. Marking half boat. There! The boat's stove in. I crushed in the stern sheets where the man, old man stands. Now stop, jump overboard and sing if thou must. I don't. Watch in the wind. A gale that hammers us now. We can turn it to a fair wind to drive home. Yonder to windward all is blackness of doom. But lowered away from Obi Dick is home. Oh, God, turn us back to Nantucket and home. Captain, come out a boat, drive into it. Nay, Captain, let me square the yards where we may and make a fair voyage of it homeward. Avast, Starbuck. I'll cut down the first to cast loose the rope's end. Two rows to hunt the white whales are as binding as mine own. Hey, Starbuck, we ride into the typhoon. But the anchors are working, sir. Shall I get that inboard? Sir, nothing but lash everything. The wind rises. Quick and see to it. By mass and keels, you take me for the hunchback skipper of some coast and smack. Send down the sails? No, no! We go Driving in the Pequod gurgling track, pushed her on like giant palms outspread. The sea was as a crucible of molten gold that bubblingly leaps with light and heat. And then, splitting the lazy silence, the masthead cries, On the horizon, the gansels just visible over the saucer of ocean. A large ship, the Rachel, bore down directly on the Pequod, her spars thickly clustering with men. The Rachel's captain put off, and soon his boat hook clinched the Pequod main chain. Ahoy there! I've seen the white whale! Aye! Yesterday! Give a hand 
up here. Yes, sir. Up. Ever seen a whale boat adrift? Nay, but the white whale, was he killed? Moby Dick still lives? Aye, he does. You've not seen a whale boat adrift? It was yesterday the cursed white whale ran off with our lead boat fast to him. Throwed out of sight in less than an hour. Eight good men. He'd stop in the height of the season for one missing boat. My boy, my own boy is among them. For love of heaven, Captain. For eight and twenty, forty hours, let me charter your ship to help the search. I'll pay and roundly pay. His son, Captain Ahab. We'll save his son. Nay, sir. Nay? I'll not go to you say hi to me. I lay, Captain, you've got a boy home now. Yes, you'll relent. I can see it. Come then, men. Stand by to spray the yards in air. Avast! That's not a rope yarn. Captain, I will not do it. Even now I lose time. Goodbye. God bless you, man, and may I forgive myself. Mr. Starbuck. Aye, sir. Three minutes hence. Brace for it and have the ship sail on. Aye, sir. I beg, I plead, my son. Captain. Mr. Starbuck. Then sail upon the wake of Moby Dick. Soon the two ships diverged their wakes. As long as the strange vessel was in sight, she yawed hither and thither. And by her winding, woeful way, you plainly saw that this ship, that was so weeping with spray, still remained without comfort. She was Rachel, who wept for her children because they were not. Days went by, and the Pequod rose and fell heavily with every wave. And Ahab, driven by the fire within him, strode the deck with restless urgency. Starbuck! Aye, sir. Oh, Starbuck. The mild, mild wind and gentle sky. On such a day as this, I struck my first whale. Eighteen I was. Forty. Forty years ago. A long time, Captain. And not three years ashore. Of weariness. Forty years on dry salted fare. Fit emblem of the dry nourishment of my soul. Thou art married? I, a young girl. But a wife? Rather a widow whose husband lives. I widowed that girl when I married her, Starbuck. Old Ahab. More a demon than a man. By this strife. This chase, how richer or better as they have now. Dismasted, an ivory peg to proper stump. I feel deadly bowed and humped. As though I were Adam staggering beneath the piles centuries in paradise. Captain, the wind blows to Nantucket. Stand close, Stabbot. Let me look into a human eye. I see my wife and child in thine eye. Stabbot, do thou stay on board the Pequod. Lower not when I do. When Branded Ahab gives chase to Moby Dick, that hazard shall not be thine. Captain, noble soul, why should anyone give chase to that hated fish? No, Stabbot. Away, let us fly those deadly waters. Let us home. Wife and child, too, are mine. Let me alter course. Heaven, crack my heart, stave my brain. Mockery, bitter mockery. Let me square, Captain. 
How cheerily would we bowl on our way to see old Nantucket again? All oh, the mild blue days like this one on Nantucket Island. Aye, and about this time, the boy awakes, sits up in bed, and his mother speaks of Ahab, abroad on the deep, who will yet be home again. Tis my Mary, my Mary herself. She promised every morning would my son be carried to the highest hill to catch first glimpse of his father's sail. What is it, Starbuck? What cruel and hidden lord is he that orders me against all natural lovings and longings? Is Ahab Ahab? Is it I or God or who that lifts this arm? By heaven, man, we'll turn round and round like yonder windlass and face the handspike. But we'll sleep at last, Arthur. I cling to that. We'll sleep at last. Home, Captain, home. Change the course, beat back to home. Thy wife, thy child, and mine. wallowing in the trough, his dazzling hump visible, sliding along the sea, his tiny malignant eye fixed out over the waves, his massive wrinkled forehead towering over the swells. Seabirds roosted on his craggy head. So swam Moby Dick. And in the stern sheets of his driving boat stood Ahab, his burning eye fixed on the lazy spout that topped the massive head. Pull again! I shall not lose him! to the bottom an hour he'll stay. Easy off. Hey, Captain, see the birds that roosted on his back. They head this way. They're keen eyes. Look down. Look down, Captain. The birds tell true. Turn off his Moby Dick. Boom. Boom for life. He comes up. Jump. Jump. He's got us in his jaws. He's in the boat. Jump. Into the churning sea spilled Ahab as the whale's jaws crushed the frail gunnels and sliced the boat in two. And withdrawn from his prey, 
Moby Dick now lay at a little distance. Swiftly round and round he swam, churning the water in his vengeful wake, barring from the floating wreck the other boats, till down upon the circle of boats and the maddened whale bore the Pequod, close upon the maelstrom that battered swimming in. They fished up floating mariners and shattered whaling gear. And then old Ahab, dragged from the sea, stood again on his quarter deck. of the third day dawned fair and fresh, and once more the lookouts dotted every masthead and almost every spar. Time itself now held long breaths with keen suspense. Hours passed, gold beaten out to ages. Starbuck! For the third time, my soul ship stops upon this earth. Aye, sir, thou wilt have it so. Some men die at ebb tide. Some at low water, and some at the full of the flood. Shake hands with me now, man. Oh, Captain. Captain, go not. Go not. Man your boats. Stand by the crew. Go away. Heart of rock steel. What is this that shoots through me and leaves me so deadly calm and expectant? Fixed at the top of a shudder. Merry girl, thou fadest before me. Go stir thyself, Starbucks. David off. Oh, Ahab. Ahab. Shudder, old man. Thou hast brought down death upon us. Whaleboats rocked slowly where the spouting Moby Dick had sounded, waiting till he should rise and blow again. Suddenly the waters around them slowly swelled in broad circles and quickly upheaved. A low rumbling sound, a subterranean hum, and shrouded in a thin drooping veil of mist, a vast form shot lengthwise from the sea. his jaw amid fiery showers of foam. On the ship's deck stood Starbuck and sea-drenched stub, rescued from the wreckage of the stoveboats. The masthead screamed a warning. They turned and caught sight of the downcoming monster. The whale! The whale! I'll tear him up, Helm! 
Let not Starbuck die if die he must in a woman's fainting fit. Tell me, fools, his jaws are open. The jaws! Oh, Ahab, lo thy work. Steady, helmsman, steady. Up, helm again. He turns to meet us. His brow drives on. May God stand by me now. The solid white buttress of the whale's forehead smote the ship's starboard bow till men and timbers reeled. Through the breach, they heard the waters pour as mountain torrents down a flue. Slowly, slowly, the ship settled in the water. The whale lay quiet within a few yards of Ahab's tiny advancing boat. Thou firm... Death's glorious ship. Must you then perish and without me? Oh, lonely death. Oh, lonely life. Moby Dick, towards thee I roll. Thou all-destroying but unconquering whale. To the last I grapple with thee. He grows, Captain. One more pull now, men. Steady off. From hell's heart I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Let thy while chasing thee, tied to thee, thou cursed whale. Thus, I give up this fear. Captain, he's sounding. Captain, the line is found. Catch it once again around the post. The line, Captain. Watch that loo, Captain. Flying turn around the neck, the singing whale line shot him over the side. And down, down through the swirling depths sank Maddie Ahab. Down to the silent rest he yearned for. Still seeking Moby Dick, following the mighty white whale to the quiet darkness below. And now, concentric circles seized the lone boat itself as the greater bulk of the ship settled into the sea. And all the crew and each floating oar, lance pole, spinning all together, animate and inanimate, all round and round in one vortex, sank downward, carrying the smallest ship of the Pequod out of sight. Now, small fowls flew screaming over the yet yawning gulf. A sullen white surf beat against its steep sides. Then all collapsed, and the great shroud of the sea rolled on as it rolled 5,000 years ago. Why then here does anyone step forth? Because one did survive the wreck. I, Ishmael, floated in the wreckage at the margin of the vortex. And when the half-spent suction of the ship reached me and drew me round and round to the center of the slowly wheeling circle, it had subsided to a creamy pool. Clinging to a shattered boat, 
I floated on the soft and dirge-like name. On the second day, a sail drew near, nearer, and picked me up at last. It was the Rachel. But in her retracing search after her missing children, only found another orphan. Moby Dick by the great American novelist Herman Melville. Today and last week, the Columbia Workshop presented this classic of the seas in two parts as adapted by Ernest Canoy and directed by Howard G. Barnes. The musical score was composed by Norman Lockwood and conducted by Frederick Steiner. Included in the cast were Sidney Smith as Ishmael, Neil O'Malley was Ahab, and Charles Irving was Starbuck. Next week, over most of these same CBS stations, the Columbia Workshop will present an original fantasy by Joseph Ruskell entitled Lee Fountain Comes of Age, which will be directed by Werner Michel with a special musical score by Alexander Semler. Saturday night is good listening with CBS, so listen now over most of these same stations to the famous correspondent Larry Lesseur in the news. He'll be with you in a moment. This is Don Baker for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. (laughs) 